Welcome to Subject to Change. I'm Stephen Lentz, business coach and digital marketer. We interview other owners and entrepreneurs about their stories and businesses. Welcome back to Subject to Change. I'm Stephen Lentz, and today I'm talking with Rose Griffin, the owner of ABA Speech. How are you doing, Rose? I'm great. Happy to be here. Thank you. I'm excited to have you here. And for anyone who's listening, I might sound a little different because I'm a little sick. We're going to try to get through this. So you hear some like coughs and grunts and wheezes and sneezes. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind of how it's going to be today. But Rose, have you always had a heart for helping people with speech or kind of how did you get into doing speech therapy? Yeah, it's a great, uh, a great question. My mom was actually a public school high school teacher, and she was doing a rotation of teaching a career course. And I was a senior in high school, and she gave me a career test assessment. And so speech therapist came up on there. And I had never had a speech therapist. I, nobody in my family had had speech therapy. I really didn't know anything about it, but we had a family friend who was a speech therapist. And so I shadowed her at her work and I loved it. It was very um, people oriented, which I really like people. Uh, and so the time just flies by during the day because I'm with people all day. And I really kind of love that. My sister, on the other hand, is an accountant. And I also shadowed her and I thought to myself, um, after about 20 minutes, I was like, um, no, this, this will not work for me. This will not work for me. So yeah. So I declared my major as soon as I entered college and I went straight through, you have to have a master's degree. So it's, it's very, very, uh, rigorous coursework to try to get into graduate school. I don't know why they make it so difficult, but they do. Um, so a lot of studying and, uh, yeah, I went through, uh, six years and I was a speech therapist then. You feel like, and I mean, not to like rag on any sort of institutionalized learning, but do you feel like that six years is actually well spent or could it have been condensed down to like one year or two years or three years? No, you know, I think it is a really good, it was a really rigorous program because as a speech therapist, what you do in your undergrad, your undergrads actually called communication disorder, something like that. So what you're doing during that time is learning about speech therapy, but you're also learning about audiology, which is more about the ear and hearing. And then when you go on for your further education, you decide, do you want to study to be a speech language pathologist or do you want to study to be an audiologist, which actually they turned into an AUD. And I don't even know much about that, but I believe that it's more than, you know, it's a doctorate level program. So it's more than a master's. So, and, you know, even when you get out of your master's, then, you know, I specialize in autism, but there are so many people, like I had my own podcast today. I did an episode and the lady I had on has an autistic child, but she specializes in swallowing disorders for adults after you've had a stroke and all these things that happen. Um, and you just really, once you get out into the field, you can remain a generalist, but you know, oftentimes we really do focus on one area because there's just so much to know. Yeah. Yeah. How did you, how did you get into autism then? Yeah. So I, in my graduate coursework, I did some, um, they call it student teaching, but basically you're being a speech therapist under the direction of somebody who already is a speech therapist. Mm -hmm. And this lady had a lot of, it was a public school, but she had a lot of kids with very, uh, high support needs. And so they were not yet talking and they had problem behavior. That was a barrier to their learning. And it was like very, uh, different than what I had ever done before. And I just loved it. And so as I went through my career, I've always chosen working uh, with autistic learners. And so 
that's really just been my passion. And then I started my own business almost five years ago where I provide professional development. I provide courses. I have a podcast blog products, and it's really just all been this kind of organic, um, kind of next step in how I'm able to help students that traditionally sometimes speech therapists have a hard time understanding how to help because, you know, if you have a student who is in middle school and they're not yet speaking and they're engaging in problem behavior and then they don't want to be in therapy, it seems, um, it can be hard to know how to help that individual. And that's really, uh, kind of my niche area and what I love to do. That's very cool. So is that ABA speech then that's the, the business yes. that you started? Mm-hmm. Yes. So what kind of courses do you have then? Yeah, so we have courses. So what's really cool about my business is I actually have two certifications. I'm a speech therapist, but I'm also a board certified behavior analyst, which was more coursework, training, mentorship, and, and taking a standardized exam. Um, and so there are less than 500 people in the world that are both speech therapists and board certified behavior analysts. And so that makes my business really unique. And so we offer continuing education courses for speech therapists, for BCBAs. And then we also have courses that are parent friendly as well. So I have parents that will message me on Instagram from all over and say, you know, I have an autistic child or my child's not speaking yet. You know, we're on a, a, a wait list for an evaluation. Like what can I do now? So, you know, I obviously have the free options of listening to my podcast, but if you really want dedicated information, that's going to help you get started in your own home with your own child. I also have courses like that. And so we have a course called Start Communicating Today, five-hour course, and you also get access to a private Facebook group where I go in and I do coaching and answer questions. And it's just really great to be able to connect with people because it can feel really isolating. And it's almost like with autism, there's so much information out there that it's like when I started in the field 20 years ago, there was not a lot of information out there. Now it's almost like there's so much, it's hard to know which direction to go, what's going to help your child best. That's very cool. So is it just you or do you have a team of other board certified speech therapists that work with you or how does, how does that work? Yeah. So it is just me. Um, and then, you know, my business has grown over the past four years. So, um, you know, I have a designer, I have a podcast manager, I have, you know, uh, an assistant, I have all these people that are making what, our business looks like forward facing, you know, really happen behind the scenes, which I'm very kind of type A and analytical. And so I like to put together all those back end, like this is the podcast flow and this is the, you know, the email list flow and, and all those in the blog. And, you know, you have all these systems running and my brain kind of works in the way that I really like to um, put all that together too. And so seamlessly we're kind of working together as a team to, to provide information for people about autism. That's very cool. So when you do speech therapy, is it all one-on-one or do you do group speech therapy as well? Or how does that, how does that work? Yeah. So in my private practice, I have a very small handful of clients that I see here in my hometown, um, which is the suburb of Cleveland, Ohio. And I'm also licensed in Washington state, which is nice. And so I do some consulting. I do some teletherapy because obviously <laughs> I'm here in Ohio. Um, and so that's really nice because it's almost like coaching, right? For the parents as well. Um, and then when I'm in a school, I work three days a week as a public school speech therapist. I get to see the kids in a small group, but I also get to do individual individual therapy. So it's really based on the student need, but I really love group therapy. That's always been my favorite thing. I've been a speech therapist for 20 years and trying to get a cohesive lesson where the kids are engaged and they're engaged, you know, interacting together, uh, can be quite the challenge. So I, I really enjoy that. 
I mean, I get being in Ohio, you're in Ohio, but how Washington, like you just throw, throw a dart at the map. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, this is so random, but I have, um, another smaller business called supervision uh-huh. Academy, and we provide mentorship for people becoming BCBAs and supervision. And somebody just messaged me from Washington state and said, Hey, we need a consultant. You know, you are a speech therapist and a BCBA. Could you help us? And this was over a year ago. And I actually got licensed in the state of Washington. And it has just led to so many opportunities. I don't know if it's just because it's a, it's a very large state. You know what I mean? I'm always like, where are you guys located? I mean, I haven't been to Washington state, but, um, there's just a lot of need out there. And so I really love being able to provide that service too, because it's something so different and it's fun to see like, how are things going in Ohio? How do things run in Washington and how can I lend my expertise to help um, you know, people in both states. Sure. Do you feel like there's like a very big difference between state to state? Like, I mean, uh, people are people, right? So, like, there... Yeah. People are people, <laughs> BCBAs or BCBAs. I really don't think it's too, it's not too much different, but I definitely, with my being in the field 20 years, you know, sometimes I'm working with people who are 23, you know what I mean? And I, I'm 43. So, you know, I have just like a lot of different um, experiences across my career that I can, you know, and I'm a mom of three kids. So, you know, I understand and my kids are all typical language learners. So I can just kind of share some of that information that's going to make therapy, you know, naturalistic and help kids learn. And, and it's exciting and fun. Now, what do you mean by natural language learners? Yeah. Well, my kids don't have autism, my own kids, you know what I mean? So, you know, a lot of times people in the autism field, you know, have a child with autism. It's not always that way. Sometimes, you know, you're, you'll be a speech therapist. I've had a lot of speech therapists on my podcast who are speech therapists. They're already in the field of kind of special education. And then they end up having their own child who's autistic, but my kids are just, you know, my kids. Nice. Yeah. So what is kind of the next step with where you're going? Are you going to go to more states? Are you happy just Washington and Ohio? Yeah, I mean, I'm happy with just those two states right now. You know, I'm trying to grow my reach with ABA speech and, um, you know, our courses away, our courses are a way that we can reach so many people. So oftentimes I'll have, um, organizations contact me and say, you know, we want to buy 20 seat licenses for our speech therapists, or can you do a talk for our organization? And so that's kind of the way that I'm not really growing the people in my business that are helping, but I'm growing my reach that way by being able to speak and offer courses and things like that. Very cool. So for people who have young kids and they're not sure, I mean, well, I have two kids, seven and five, oh, okay. they're oh, yeah. language learners. They're very, yeah. very chatty, chatty cat. <laughs> but yeah. like, there is that point where like, well, it's like, are they normal? Is, right. What's, right. So what do you, for these, you know, all new parents who look at their kids, yes. and think, is this normal behavior? What would you say recommend or what, what kind of advice would you say to kind of help gauge that? Yeah. And you know, the CDC just came out with some new milestones, which kind of have really ruffled a lot of feathers in the, in the speech therapy world. Um, we felt like they haven't really consulted speech therapists and that's kind of an ongoing thing. So normally I would say, look at the CDC website, but I would say, you know, if you're really concerned, um, you really should just trust your gut because as a parent, you know, before three, you can definitely have access to early intervention services now based on your state. And so I would just kind of inquire about that. Typically what they do is an assessment to see if your child does qualify, but you at any time as a parent. So let's say you are concerned about your five-year-old speech or, you know, their speech sounds, you could either go through the school, you know, once your child is three, 
or you could always go to a private practice SLP because what happens is a lot of time kids don't qualify in the schools. Like let's say your own child has trouble making the R sound. Well, that may not be impacting their educational performance, but you could still get speech therapy using a private speech therapist. That's either covered by your insurance or that you're paying for out of pocket. So there are a lot of options and that's what I do. You know, a lot of people message me with a lot of different questions about speech therapy because it's just really hard to navigate this journey of special education, whether it's your child has autism or your child has a speech sound disorder and why is nobody helping? Um, but parents have a lot of questions. So I like to be a support in that way too. Nice. How do lists fall into the category of speech? Yeah. So that would definitely be something that I, most often you would not get picked up in public school for speech therapy, because if it's not affecting like your spelling, or if it's not affecting your ability to make friends, it's not having an adverse effect on your educational performance. Sometimes that's the, the lingo that we use. You would probably have to see a speech therapist for that. And so it's like, would speech therapy benefit you if that bothers you? I mean, absolutely. Right. You know, I see a lot of kids privately that don't have autism that are just working on a speech sound and it's because they're not seen in a school, but they still want to improve the clarity of their speech. Gotcha. Is there anything as a and across the board, any parent that they can do in home to help with certain sounds or like things that yeah, are like huge issues, but yeah, I mean, what I typically do is say you should really get an assessment from a private therapist. Like just two weeks ago, I had somebody in my neighborhood, which is like a huge place say, Hey, you know, I'm worried about my kid's speech. Like they, no one's ever said anything. And I was like, well, I'll come down. Like I did in a, a screening. And then this child definitely did not need speech therapy, but they could make their sounds a little bit clearer. So I went over it with the child during that assessment time. And then I showed the parents how I was working on it. And I gave them some guidance. Nice. Okay. Um, just what are some of the ways that speech therapy helps other than just like, obviously like, Hey, I can make better sounds now, but what are the other impacts that speech therapy has on kids and families' lives? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it really can help you connect. I was on a podcast today and the, um, the host was saying, you know, my nephew has autism and it's really hard for my brother to connect with my autistic child. So just understanding ways that we can socialize where we're, you know, doing something together. Um, so social skills, just expressive language, being able to, to label things in the environment, tell people what you want to eat for dinner. Um, but the field of speech pathology is very broad too. You know, you might have a child who has a feeding disorder. And so speech therapy that kind of falls within our scope too. It's not my area of expertise, but, um, there are people that specialize that. So it really touches a lot of different parts of our lives. Awesome. Well, for someone who's, you know, thinking, Hey, this sounds like a really cool idea. And I live in Ohio or Washington state, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> like, where, where can they find you? Yeah. Make sure to visit me at abaspeech.org. That is where we have a weekly blog that comes out every single Tuesday. I also have a podcast called Autism Outreach, where we talk all about autism and communication. And that is also where you will find all of our products and our courses that I've talked about. That's very cool. And within the autism and speech therapy, pathology, however, you, the different ways that you label it, it's, it seems like it's much more holistic than just speech for kids with autism. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Our, our scope is very, very broad as speech therapists. We help actually across the lifespan, you know, because that's the thing too, with autism and learners and, you know, 
there's autistic adults, right. That might need some support and, you know, everyone is, is aging. And so across the lifespan, speech therapists can help, you know, from birth to three with feeding and with starting to communicate. And then as people get older, you know, conversation and expressive skills that are going to help a student have competitive employment or a job, you know, and then, you know, across the lifespan, as you get older, you know, if you have a stroke, you might work with a speech therapist. Like, um, you know, I think Bruce Willis just, it just came out that he maybe has aphasia, which is a whole other type of language disorder. So I'm just wondering, like, he's probably working with a speech therapist. Sometimes it's just to like maintain the skills and make gains so that you have that functional communication across your day. Very cool. I feel like I had a question and it just totally left me. So it's <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Sorry. So before we go then, is there anything that you wish I'd asked you or that you wanted to revisit that kind of got off topic a little bit or? No, I mean, I think I would just urge people if you're listening and you're worried about your child's communication is to definitely reach out. People most likely will reach out to their pediatrician, but if your pediatrician says, you know, don't worry about it. I would just trust your parental gut and you can always get an evaluation because when you talk to, if you told five people, you're worried about your child's development or you're worried about your child's communication, you might get five different people's opinions. And you really just have to go with your gut and you have to get your child assessed. And then that way you're not guessing you have scientific data to say like, yes, there's something we should work on or no, let's not worry about it now. Or maybe let's watch it too. Very cool. Do you by chance have resources on your site or anywhere else of like yeah. state sponsored or government or private? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I have a really good blog post, you know, it's called like, is it autism or is it a language disorder? Because sometimes people are worried, you know, is my child autistic or is my child just not speaking yet? And so that's a really popular post. If you just put it into the search bar, it will come up and it just kind of gives you some guidelines on, you know, what are the characteristics of autism and um, where to seek out help. Very cool. Awesome. Well, Rose, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I think it's been super valuable. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. It was great to chat today. Awesome. And everyone else, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Subject Change. Please like, subscribe, leave a review of our podcast. And if you have any questions, if there's a business you would like to see featured on our podcast or a niche or something you want to learn about, drop us a message or an email and let us know. Be happy to, to interview someone and answer those questions. Thanks again for listening.